I get a very special treat, and I'm going to get to speak with my mom. And so I'm very excited about that and excited about what God has um, to teach you today. But before we talk about the Word of God and the things we can learn there, I wanted to share um, 10 of the things that my mom, um, that I've learned from my mom and that my mom has taught me. Are you ready for this? Okay. Well, number one, my mom has taught me to appreciate a job well done. Yeah. If if your brother and you don't go outside to kill each other, I just cleaned the house inside. The number two thing that my mom taught me was all about prayer and religion. You you better pray that I can get the stain out of that carpet. (laughs) My mom is a very advanced thinker, and so she also taught me a lot of things about time travel. If you don't straighten up, I'm going to knock you into next week. Okay. Well, um, and not only is she an advanced thinker, she's very logical. And so she taught me, um, number four, about logic. Why? Because Because I I said said so. so. Um, Number five, she uh, she taught me, and I learned from her, irony. Irony? Oh, yeah. Irony. Keep crying, I'll give you something to cry about. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, obviously, my mom is very smart. She's very technical. So, the number six thing she taught me was the science of osmosis. Shut your mouth and eat your supper. I still am working on how that one exactly works. But um, number seven, just like today, you know, it's raining outside. She taught me a lot of things um, about the weather. Your room looks like a tornado hit it. That was my brother, not me. Um, Oh, no. (laughs) No, no, no. Number eight thing she taught me, she taught me all about genetics. Yeah, you are just like your father. It's in the DNA. Um, um, Number nine, she taught me all about where I came from and my roots. Shut the door behind you. Were you born in a barn? Evidently not. Um, and then number 10, my favorite of all, she taught me all about justice. One of these days, you're going to have kids of your own, and I hope they turn out just like you. So those are a few of the things that my mom has taught me. <laughs> Every single one of those things sounded really familiar to me. Not because they came out of my mouth, necessarily, but because I heard them from my mom, too. We pass them on from generation to generation, don't we? This morning, Krista and I are going to speak together. I'm going to bring a couple of points to you, and then she's going to follow with a couple of points. And we're going to remember a, a famous lady in the Bible and someone who was an awesome woman of God, and that is Hannah. We're going to remember Hannah. Um, I, I want to just kind of skim through the scriptures a little bit. And read a little bit to you. Um, not all of it. I'm going to kind of skip around. First Samuel chapter 1 and verse number 10. Um, let's start with verse number 10. It says, In bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. Then we'll skip down to verse number 12. And it says, And as she kept on praying to the Lord, as she kept on praying to the Lord, Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart. Okay, then let's skip down to verse number 15. And it says, I was, Hannah was speaking and she says, I was pouring out my soul 
to the Lord. And then skip all the way down to verse number 28 that says, So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. And the last part of that scripture says, And he worshiped the Lord there. Now, I've skipped around a lot just because most of you know the story of Hannah, the story of Hannah who, who uh, was desperate for a child. She was barren and not able to have any children. And she was so desperate for a child, and her heart broke for a child. But I want us to notice a few interesting things about Hannah that I think that we can apply to our lives, not just as mothers, but also as women of God. We're today um, honoring our moms, but you know what? I kind of want to honor all of our women and our young girls, not just the moms, because I think we can each one be that woman of God that we need to be. And if it's, it's if we're a, a, a woman of God, that is what makes us a good mom, right? And so we need to be women of God. But a few interesting things about Hannah was, number one, that she was a woman of prayer. Hannah was a woman of prayer. She set the example for her son. Now, I know this prayer that we're referring to here was before Samuel was even born because that's what brought her to her knees, and that's what brought her to prayer was the need in her life for a son. But she set that example, I believe, not just this time, but all through Samuel's life. Number one, Hannah prayed. She prayed. Um, Women, do you pray? I know I've said a lot of times, if you don't pray for your children, who do you think is praying for them? If you're not praying for them, who do you think God's going to burden their heart to pray for your child? I think it's your number one responsibility. And uh, Hannah had gone through a lot up till this time. She had been grievous in her heart for how many years, we don't know, because the Bible says every year when they went up to offer uh, sacrifices to the Lord, every year her heart would break because she didn't have a son. And finally, this year, it was like Hannah finally got it. Year after year, she went, went by without her taking her need to the Lord. But finally, the Bible says that in deep anguish, she turned to him. And she began to weep and to pray. And she got real before God. I think that's what we need to do as women of God. We need to finally get real in God's presence. We need to finally learn to pour our heart out in front of him and stop holding it all in or stop thinking that we can fix it. Because most of the time, we as women, we think we can fix everything, right? We think we can fix everything. But Hannah finally got real before the Lord. And her prayers came from her heart. These were not words for the world to hear. These were not words that were spoken in a public prayer. But these were words that Hannah spoke in private to God. I don't think that they were words that were pretty or eloquent. I think that it was probably just desperate, grief, urgent prayers pouring out her heart to God. Desperate and urgent. She poured out her soul to the Lord out of anguish and out of grief. Pretty prayers are all really good in public. We like to pray pretty prayers for everybody to hear and for the, the public to hear. But when, it's, when uh, our prayers are not so eloquent, that's when we're truly praying from our heart. When we're down on our face before God and we're crying out, out of our spirit, out of our soul, out of the anguish of our heart, that's when we touch the heart of God. It doesn't always have to be out of anguish. Sometimes it can be out of pure joy that we touch the heart of God. But whatever it is, let your prayers, women, be real before God and in his presence. Um, 
I want to go back to that very first interesting thing that I noted about Hannah, and that is the fact that she set an example for her son. After Samuel was born, I believe she prayed in front of him. She began with that example here. But then after Samuel was born, I believe that she uh, prayed in front of her son, and he knew what it was, was for his, to see his mother in prayer and in anguish before God. That last part of that scripture that I think is so interesting in verse number 28 when, when uh, Hannah dedicated Samuel, and she took him to the temple, and the Bible says that she went before Eli, and she said, here's my son that I prayed for. You helped me pray, and here's the son that I prayed for, and I am now going to dedicate him to the Lord. I'm going to give him to the Lord. The Bible says that he, uh, let me quote that, and he worshiped the Lord there. Now, when I first read that, the, my first thought was, okay, he worshiped the Lord there. She must be talking about Eli worship the Lord. But then on second glance, you look at that scripture. It doesn't say Eli. And then so I started looking up commentaries about this. Who was it that was worshiping the Lord? Well, there's several different ideas, but one of the, or several actually of the commentaries say that the person here that she's referring, that the Bible is referring to is actually Samuel, that he worshiped the Lord. She brings Samuel to the temple to offer him to God. And this little child is just weaning age, probably two, three, at the oldest, maybe four years old, however old they were when they were weaned back in those days. But she's bringing him to the temple to leave him in the, uh, at the temple to worship God and to work in the temple. And the Bible says that he worshiped the Lord there. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems like a really young age for a child to fall down and worship God. But I'm telling you, I think it was because of the example that Hannah set before her son that he already knew how to worship. He already knew how to pray. Now, some of you moms might might, might not get that, that your children at just the age of two and three years old can actually know how to pray. But I believe that's true. I believe that it was Hannah's influence over her son during those two to four years of his life that helped him, helped him become the man that he was. Um, now, he spent many of his formative years uh, under Eli and, in Eli, and Eli kind of raising him. But up until then, these two to four years before he went to be with Eli, he was with his mom, and her influence on his life was incredible. But the Bible says that Eli's sons grew up to be wicked. They grew up to have no reverence or no regard for the Lord. And yet here is Samuel, who only spent the first few years of his life with his mom, and, and then the rest of his time was spent with Samuel, and he grew up to be an awesome man of God. You know that people will tell you, and um, uh, uh, counselors will tell you that the first Five years of your child's life is the most important time of their life. That's when you teach them everything. That's when you teach them everything. That's when their, their morals are, are formed. That's when their idea, I mean, their philosophy, all, everything is formed in those first five years of their life. So what you're doing, moms, young moms, right now is very important to your children. I can remember when um, Chad was, my son was just a few, a couple of years old, and I can remember him sing, raising his hands and singing, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. My mom played the organ, and he'd crawl up beside her on the organ and sing, Hallelujah, 
hallelujah. And what the, even as young children, they learn how to praise and worship the Lord. When, during the time when Chad was um, uh, a year to two and a half years old, we were traveling and we were on the road a lot. And so uh, we were in church every night. And he learned the songs as a little bitty boy. He learned the songs. He learned the scriptures. He would stand in the seat beside me. And my husband uh, gave an altar call almost every night. And, and he would ask for people who didn't know the Lord. He'd say, raise your hand. And when someone raised their hand, he would say, I see, I see that hand. Is there another? And, and Chad would stand. He got to, so used to that that he would stand in the seat. And he would say it with his daddy. He'd say, I see that hand. Is there another is there another? Is there another? I'm telling you, as little bitty children from zero to five years old, you can teach them to worship and teach them to praise. You can teach them how to call upon the name of God. One of the most awesome things about Hannah is that I believe as a young child, she taught Samuel what it was to worship the Lord. That scripture says uh, uh, that, so now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord. And then it says, and he worshiped the Lord there. I'd like to submit to you this morning that maybe that was uh, Samuel himself as a small child who actually worshiped the Lord. I think that's awesome. Okay, the second thing I want to talk to you about um, is Hannah as a woman of trust. She was a woman of prayer, and now she, I believe she is a woman of trust. She trusted a couple of things, but a couple of things I want to talk to you about. She trusted that her prayers would be answered. I want you to look at that scripture, and I, I didn't take time to read it, but if you'll look at it, you'll find that when Hannah, after Hannah went to the Lord in her weeping and her agonizing and giving him her petition and giving him her heart and saying, God, this is what I need, and I'm so burdened, and my heart is grieved, and I'm, uh, I can't, I, I'm, passionately she was telling Lord, the Lord in her prayer time, this is what I need from you, God. And the Bible says that when Hannah got up from praying that desperate prayer, that when she got up, she walked away from that prayer altar and she went away and this woman who had not been eating because she was so uh, despondent and so downcast she hadn't been eating she had been crying a lot but she got up from her prayer altar and the bible says that when she got up she went away and she ate something and not only did she go eat but her face no longer was downcast her face was no longer in agony and desperation and depressed the Bible says that she got up from there and she went away with her face no longer downcast. I believe with a smile on her face. She actually went from being pitiful to being powerful. That's what happens, women, when we learn how to pray and we learn how to be in God's presence in prayer. All of us, if we'll learn to be, take our needs to God in prayer, we'll get up from that prayer place no longer pitiful but being powerful by the power of God. Do you trust God to answer your prayer when you pray? There's a scripture in Philippians 4 and 6, and it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. 
And then he says, after you present your request to God, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. In other words, go ahead and take every need and every petition to God. Go ahead and pour out your heart. And after you do that, the peace of God's going to flood you. And when you get up from your prayer place, you can go about your business as a powerful woman of God. Do you believe God to answer your prayer? Do you trust him? Hannah was a woman of trust. After she prayed, she got up and she went her way uh, believing that God was going to answer her prayer. Another way that I think that Hannah was really a woman, a great woman of trust, is that she trusted God enough with her son that she held her son with an open hand. This is something I'm not sure I could do. Take my young son that I agonized for and I prayed for for how many years and I was so desperate for this young son and then to make a vow to God God if you give me this son I'll give him back to you now it's easier to say that when you want to give your son to God when they're grown but this is a little bitty child you know, two years old, to me, they're still babies. Two to four years old, however he, old he was when she presented him to the Lord. And she was willing to say, God, I give him with an open hand. He's yours. I would be like, uh, wait just a little bit longer. You know, I can remember, I can remember taking my son to college that first year. And I remember taking Krista to Master's Commission that first year. Now, I remember how I felt when I drove away and left them. But they were old enough to go. (laughs) Even if I didn't want them to go, they were old enough. But Samuel was a baby when Hannah took him to the temple. She trusted his life with God, knowing that God would do what was best for him. I remember when Chad went away to college, I wanted him to be anything but a preacher. This was not the life that I wanted for my son. I knew that, number one, I knew that my son is a very sensitive and very tender spirit, and I didn't want him to be hurt or broken. And sometimes you have to have a little tougher skin to be a preacher and to be a pastor. Um, I know when he went to college, he majored in ministry, And I convinced him that he needed to minor in education because I thought, okay, and I told him this. I said, you you need something to fall back on. Now, I was not that mother that held him with an open hand. I was not really trusting God for what his life would hold. I'm ashamed to say that now. But I wasn't holding him with an open hand. I wanted to control what he did because I didn't want him to get hurt. I knew how tender and sensitive spirited he was, and I didn't want him to get hurt. (coughs) But then I remember that day that God reminded me that my tender-hearted, sensitive son's name was Chad. Now, that may not mean anything to you, but guess what the name Chad means? The name Chad means warrior, strong-hearted, 
one who goes to battle. And God reminded me of that. He said, your son will be a warrior. And after that, it became easier for me to let him go. God kept his promise, and today my son's very strong. He still has a sensitive spirit, but he knows how to be strong in God. And I remember when, I, when Crystal went away to Master's Commission, and I gave her up, <clears throat> not for just one year, not for just two years. <laughs> but when she went away to Phoenix, she didn't come back for 10 years. And I remember thinking that her friends in Phoenix had become her family. And I remember thinking, we've been replaced. She was fine to stay there for Thanksgiving and even Christmas. Y'all can come here if you want. (laughs) And I remember thinking that I I just gave her up to Phoenix. And then came the time when they actually moved to Dallas area. And we were able to be around them a little bit more. And then, of course, she had Eliana, and how awesome that was to be around Eliana as a little baby and as a newborn. And and then came the time a year or two later when they felt God directing them to go back to Phoenix. And I remember the the, um, ache in my heart, but I remember the voice of God speaking to me and saying, will you hold your child with an open hand? And if you'll hold your child with an open hand, then I'll do great things. And I remember when they told us that they were going back to Phoenix, you, you got a different reaction than you expected, didn't you? I, was, I did good, didn't I? <laughs> There's a scripture in 2 Timothy. And Timothy really is talking here in this scripture. He's talking about his own faith. But, in this, but I'd like to kind of use it in a different way here. In 2 Timothy 1 and 12, it says, I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he's able to guard what I have entrusted, entrusted to him until that day. Now, he's talking about, I've given my faith to God, and I know God is able to keep what I've entrusted to him. But I like to use that in a little different way, because I believe that if we will entrust our children to God with an open hand, He's able to keep what we entrust to him. And so when we give our children with an open hand, he, when we trust him with our children, uh, then he will take care of them. I wonder, uh, I'm probably going too long, but I wonder what it was like when God let go. Now, God asked us to let go of our kids and let him have them. I wonder what it was like when God let go of Christ to come to earth. He knew that Jesus would be walking into a world that would reject him and ridicule him and eventually crucify him. And yet he held Jesus, his own son, with an open hand and he let him go. I wonder what it was like for him to let go of me. Let go of me in order to give me a free will and allow me to make my own choices and my own decisions. He held me with an open hand. He said, I give you that free will to make your own choices. 
I wonder what it was like for Mary, the mother of Jesus, to let go of Jesus. Realizing at some point that her son was the Messiah and that he didn't come to live, but he came to die. Another mother who had to let go. Krista, when it comes to you, I've had to let go over and over again. I let you go when you wanted to spend your whole summer at camp. I let you go when you first got your driver's license. One of the scary times. (laughs) I let you go when you went on your first date. Krista used to always say, I'm going to have lots of boyfriends and I'm going to have them all at the same time. (laughs) I could go a long way with that one. (laughs) I let you go when you left home for the first time. I let you go when you got married. I let you go when you went to Phoenix. And every time I let go, God had to remind me that being obedient and letting go reaps a lot of benefits and a lot of rewards. It's a comforting thought. I still let you go. I'm glad you're here. And there's no no greater blessing. You know, I kind of feel like it's because I was willing to let go that God let me have her back. (laughs) But I still hold you with an open hand. Because I don't know what God has for your future. And as much as we want to hold our kids to us, and we want to hold them tight, God asks us, like Hannah, are you willing to hold your children with an open hand? Can you trust God with your children? If you can trust God with your life, you can trust him with your children. Can you lead your children to serve God? If you can serve God yourself, you can lead them to serve God. Can you lead your children to worship God? If you can worship God yourself. Can you, can you lead your children to become mighty men and women of God? Yes. If you will become a mighty woman of God yourself, you can lead them in that direction. Hannah was a woman of prayer, and she was a woman who was willing to trust God and let go. This morning we're remembering Hannah, what a great woman of God that she was, a woman of prayer, a woman of trust. And then thirdly, I want to say this morning that Hannah was a woman of integrity, a woman of integrity. In 1 Samuel um, 1 verse 10, it says this, O God of angel armies, if you'll take a good hard look at my pain, if you'll quit neglecting me and go into action for me by giving me a son, I'll give him completely unreservedly to you. I'll set him apart for a life of holy discipline. Now, I wouldn't encourage you this morning to go and be making any deals with God. I don't know that that's the the wisest thing to do, but in this instance, Hannah was desperate and she was bold, and that's exactly what she did. She made God a promise. Um, There's a quote that says this. It says, people with good intentions make promises, but people with good character keep them. People with good intentions make promises, but people with good character keep them. Now, 
I can't even begin to imagine just how excited Hannah must have felt um, after praying this prayer and, and walking away, and then later on, months later, finding out that she was pregnant. I mean, she has had years of struggle and heartache, years of having hope and then disappointed again and hope and disappointed. But finally, her time had come. God had looked on her with favor and had blessed her and had given her the child that she had dreamed of. I mean, can you imagine the excitement that she must have felt? In, in that moment of excitement and, and, and receiving this promise, I think it probably would have been very, very easy for her to get caught up in that gift and forget about the giver. How many times have we done that in our lives? We pray, God, if you do this, then I'll do this. Or, God, if you can only work this out, then I'll, I'll serve you. I'll, make, I'll give this. I'll make sure. And then when the moment comes and you actually received the gift, you kind of forget all the promises you made to the giver. But Hannah, she chose to keep her word. Hannah was a woman of integrity. Um, you know, when we were kids and we were younger, my brother and I were about a little— a little over three years apart, almost four years apart. And so we did um, our share of squabbling and fighting and um, wrestling. I still believe that, sh- that he tried to kill me one time. But um, he, he promises that's not true, but I really thought he did. Um, and so we, you know, we had our squabbles and our fights. And one of, one of these times, I don't even remember what we were fighting about. It was never really important stuff. It was usually just little things. And we're arguing and we're fighting. And my mom comes in to kind of break up the fight. And she's like, you know, what's going on? What, you know, what, what happened? And my brother Chad, he tells my mom, I don't remember what exactly it was, but he said, you know, Krista said that she was going to da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And now she won't do it. And me, you know, innocent as ever. I'm always the innocent one. Look at my mom. I'm like, mom, like I didn't promise I would do it. And in that moment, she looked at me and she said, Krista, saying something is just like a promise. And now I'm sure along the years, she probably regretted saying that just a little bit. There were times um, because we would bring it back to her, you know, mom saying something's just like a promise. You have to give me that candy bar or you have to, you know, whatever it was. And so that became um, a saying that was said a lot in our house. Saying something is just like a promise. Um, but that's one of the things that my mom, I, when I think about things my mom said, I remember that. And she, pro- she thinks she only says it one time. Um, maybe that's true, but in my mind, for some reason, that's the thing that always comes back to me. And in my life, I've held on to that. You know what? My word is important. What I say is important, and that is a promise. And I need to be a woman of integrity and keep my word. When I say something, I need to do it. And so um, what impresses me the most about Hannah is she lived that, that saying something was just like a promise. She made a promise to God, and she kept it. She had integrity. Um, you know, what's crazy to me is that no one knew about the promise. If you read the, if you read the scripture, like it never says that like she went to Eli and she told him like, I prayed this prayer, you know, that if God gave me a son, I'd give him to him. So like, keep me accountable. Like there was no accountability there. I don't even read in scripture where it says that she told her husband about this promise. So it would be very easy for her to just in her mind, justify 
you know, oh, surely God doesn't really expect me to give up my son. Oh, surely, you know, he will, I will give him to him, but, you know, later on, years and years later or whatever, it would have been very, very easy for her to just justify and, um, you know, without anybody knowing it, not keep this promise. God would understand, right? That, that's what we do, I think, a lot of times when, when we don't have accountability and we make these deals with God and we're like, oh, but he'll understand. Like, no one's there to keep us accountable, so we're just like, God, you understand. You, you know me. We're like that. You know, like, it's good, right? But Hannah did not do that. Hannah's integrity began to shine in that moment when she decided that her word was going to be her bond. I've heard that character and integrity can be defined as who you are when no one is looking. Hannah was the real deal. Even though no one knew and no one was looking, she had integrity. The scripture says in verse 27 and 28, I prayed for this child and God gave me what I asked for. And now I have dedicated him to God. He is dedicated to God for life. She didn't merely just make a promise. She had the integrity to follow it through. In Proverbs 10 and 9, it says this, Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but whoever takes crooked paths will be found out. You see, the great thing about this story is when Hannah's dropping off her little toddler boy at the temple to fulfill the promise that she made to God, that's not, even, that's not the end of the story. You see, later on, we see that not only does her son, Samuel, grow up to be an incredible and a great prophet of God, but Scripture also tells us that, and it says it in these words, God was especially kind to Hannah, and she went on to have three more sons and two daughters. See, whoever walks in integrity walks securely. I believe that it was because of Hannah's integrity that God knew he could trust her. He could trust her. Not only did she trust God, but in her trust for God, he could trust her. And he was able to give her beyond what she even prayed for or asked for. She asked for one son. And then now she has four sons and two daughters. He blessed her beyond what she even could have imagined. How would our lives be different today if we choose to walk in integrity? If we don't just merely make promises but we actually keep them. The fourth thing I want to talk to you about Hannah, and one of my favorite things about her character, and one of my favorite things that I, that I learned while studying her was, number four, Hannah was a woman of gratitude. She was a woman of gratitude. In 1 Samuel 2, verse 1, it says this, My heart rejoices in the Lord. My horn is lifted high. My mouth boasts over my enemies, for I delight in your deliverance. There is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. Now, that's just one scripture. The whole next chapter is her, and I won't read the whole thing, but it's just her praising and worshiping God. Now, I'd like to point out that there's not even a hint of sadness here. I delight in your deliverance. There's no one beside you. My mouth, like if you read the whole chapter, there's no sadness. Here she is. She's just dropped off her son, her little bitty son at the temple. And now she breaks out into a praise party. I mean, the first time I dropped off Eliana at the nursery, 
for an hour-long service, I think I walked away and kind of had a little cheer or two. Like, it was hard for me to drop her off at the nursery. Why? Because as moms, we want to hold our kids. And yet here is Hannah. She's giving her kid, like just giving him to God. And yet there is no sadness. There's no mourning. She's thrilled, actually, to be a mother of a prophet. Now, how was Hannah able to do this? How was Hannah able to drop off her son and walk away and rejoice and to worship and gratitude? How was she able to do this? I believe it was because she chose to look at this situation through the lens of gratitude instead of the lens of loss. She was looking at it through the eyes of gratefulness instead of the eyes of what she was giving up. You see, it's all about perspective, isn't it? She had the choice to focus on what she was giving or she could focus on the gift that she had been given. What lens are you choosing to look at your life through? You know, I'm a lover of quotes and I love good one-liners. Probably got it from my dad. Um, And you could probably tell by now through the message, I like quotes. I'm going to share a few of my favorite quotes on gratitude. And this is probably my favorite. It says this, gratitude unlocks fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos into order, confusion into clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, and a stranger into a friend. Now this morning, I'm not in any way belittling maybe what you may be walking through. There's people represented in this room that have horrible situations that maybe you're facing, you've faced in your past or you're walking through right now. Maybe there's a lot of things that are coming against you and you are struggling. But if we can change our perspective to one of gratitude, if we can stop focusing on what we need and be thankful for what we actually have, I believe things will change. Now, it doesn't mean that your situation may change, but the way you see your situation will change. You see, it's not joy that makes us grateful. It's gratitude that makes us joyful. No one would have judged Hannah. You know, I mean, everyone would have understood if she cried all the way home. Everyone would have understood if she mourned for several weeks. I mean, hello, she had just dropped off her son and given him up. People would have completely understood. But she chose a different path. She chose to live out the scripture, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, and 18, that says, Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want to close with one last quote on gratitude, and it's this. What if you woke up tomorrow with only the things that you thanked God for today? Where is your focus Are you looking through the lens of gratitude like Hannah did, or are you looking through the lens of loss? This morning, as the worship team comes, I'm going to close, and I want to ask my mom to come as well, and we're going to pray um, just a blessing over all the women this morning. But I just want to encourage you. You know, this isn't just, we've focused this message towards women, but I believe these four points are very relevant to everyone in this room. We all need to be a person of prayer. 
We all need to be a person of trust. We all need to be a person of integrity. And we all need to be a person of gratitude. So this morning, I just want to encourage you, um, you know, open up your heart and allow God to shine a light maybe on some of the areas, one of these four areas that you feel um, that maybe you need a little work on or maybe that, maybe that God just kind of spoke to you and said, you know what, you're lacking in this area because I believe that God wants us to walk away from here today changed, not just hearing the word, but actually having done something about it. Yeah. I just, we just want to actually today honor all of the women here. Um, maybe from ages 16, 17 up. We want to honor you. <clears throat> we want you to receive from the word this morning what God has for you. This is a special day. Mother's Day is special. To some women, it's a, a hard day because maybe you have lost your mom or maybe you didn't have a good mom. Or, or you haven't been able to become a mom. So it can be hard, too. But we're honoring you as a woman, as a godly woman that knows how to love God, knows how to seek God, and who God wants to use. Do you believe God uses women? I think he loves us, and he wants to use us. He wants to anoint us just like any man that God puts his hand upon who is a man of God, we can become women of God. I lost my partner over here. It's okay. <laughs> I'll let you see. I just want to pray a prayer over our women. After the service is over, we have something special for all of our women, not just moms, but all of our, our women. We, ha we had a lot, too, and our crowd is low, so you might be able to get two of them. I don't know. But I want to pray a special prayer over our ladies. Would you bow your heads with me? Father, I thank you for this special day that we get to honor the women that we love, Lord. God, I pray for your anointing over each woman's life here. God, we lift them up and we honor them. But Lord, I pray that you would lift them up. God, that you would honor them, Lord, as they learn to become women of integrity and as they learn to become women who have grateful hearts for the blessings you have placed in their life. God, I pray they would learn to trust you. They would learn to be women of prayer. God, that they would give their families over to you. They would hold all those things, Lord, that you give to them. Not just those families, but God, the blessings that you give to them. God, that you would help us to hold it with an open hand, knowing that our blessings come from you, God. God, I pray a special prayer, O Lord, of healing, of health. God, I pray for healing of the emotions. I pray for healing of the spirit. I pray for healing of the bodies. God, I pray for healing over every part of our women that are here today, God. They are your chosen vessels, anointed by you, God. And Lord, I pray a special blessing, a hedge of protection, around their minds, around their spirit, around their body, around their home, around their families, oh God. We hold them up before you, Lord, knowing that you know what's best. And God, we give them to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.